Welcome to That's Agritastic, the show that celebrates the scope and diversity of agriculture across the country. I'm Pete Emmons, your host. Joining me are my special guest, Christy Meyer, Communications Manager, Marketing and Communication Services with the FFA, and Melanie Burns, Vice President, Public Relations Director of Rabo Agrofinance. And today, we are exploring ag communication careers. Hey, lady, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Pete. I know that you all have mega responsibilities and multiple projects going on. So I really appreciate you taking time for a few minutes out of your schedule for really helping us to really address this critically important topic. The first question I really want to ask both of you is simply, what is it that initially triggered your interest in an ag communication careers was it something uh, in your youth exposure experience in a youth program like ffa or 4-h or uh, a class or was it a college practicum or something else christy what was it for you well you know pete it's kind of a long story to say how i got interested in ag my background is journalism and political science so i was a newspaper reporter to start didn't have an ag background i actually started in southwest indiana and by default, I was made the farm reporter. So I started getting a taste of it. And then a little bit later, one of my friends had mentioned to me that um, National FFA was hiring somebody in the communications department and I should look into it. So I did a little research on what FFA was, thought it was really interesting, and I applied for it. And 21 years later, here I am. But I will tell you, ag to me, you know, it was still kind of broad, just I kept thinking of production farming, but the more I kind of delved into FFA, I thought this is a really interesting organization and a story to share. But my favorite part about that is the day I got my job, I told my father, and that's when he told me, oh, I was an FFA member in high school. And I said, I thought, why would you never tell me that? He's like, oh, I, I just didn't think you would care, but he still has all of his pens. And now to this day, he volunteers at convention with me every year. It's a total family affair. Yeah. Excellent. Melanie, I understand that you really didn't have any uh, ag background growing up. Yeah, that's right. And thanks for having me today, Pete. My journey in agriculture, it's its not a direct line. While my uncle had a farm in Farmington, Missouri, I'm based out of St. Louis here. Um, my exposure to agriculture actually started early in my career when I was working at a marketing agency and my client was the state's economic development and business attraction arm for the governor. And this is where I learned the breadth and the depth of uh, strengths in agriculture for the state of Missouri. And when you think about Missouri, it's from farming to bioscience, genetics, but also on the corporate side, we have companies like Marina, the ADMs, Post Holding, Bears, and Bungies of the world, all residing here in my home state of Missouri. So I started digging in more, and I learned one of the reasons that all of these corporations are based in the Midwest is because of the connectivity to the growers. So for instance, St. Louis is within a 500-mile radius of more than half of the U.S. agriculture production. So that's 80% of the nation's corn and soybeans. So Agribusiness is stemmed and rooted where I come from in Missouri, and I certainly leaned into it because understanding the impact from seed to plank, I was enamored with the industry and the people behind it. So 
while I don't have an egg uh, background, I certainly have an enormous amount of respect and enjoy working with the people that I'm exposed to every day and get to tell their stories. Not not all the media, especially in the mainstream, understand what's happening at the farm gate. And I think it's a privilege to help tell those stories. You were basically captivated by ag and the connectivity. That's right. And the changing and the evolution of it and all the challenges that farmers are up against beyond Mother Nature, but the the economics behind it, it, it really inspired the curious side of me. And for a communicator, I think that's really key. Now, the next question I'm going to ask both of you, we could probably take the rest of the show to, to address, but we've got a ways to go here. And that is when you reflect back on your years of experience in ag communication, if you were to take just a couple of those really wow moment experiences for you, what would those be, uh, Christy? Yeah, so for me, delving into what FFA is, it's it's just a prism of all these opportunities, right? So I see these students who are looking at their future and what it's going to be, whether it's going to be staying in production agriculture or one of the other 350 careers, maybe it's biotechnology, food science, or veterinary medicine. And Pete, one of the things we do is every year we have our national convention where the award winners are announced. And I'll never forget, there was one year we had a young gentleman from Georgia and he was our agri-science winner. And he knew that kudzu was an invasive species and was really creating havoc on some of the agriculture in the South. So he did a experiment to figure out how to eradicate kudzu and what he could do where it wouldn't jeopardize the environment. And he made such progress in it that after he finished his agri-science project, he actually shared with NASA and they patented his formula to help eradicate kudzu. And so I just looked at that and I looked at this young man, he was 20, and what he was doing to help keep our world sustainable, you know, maybe eradicate an invasive species, but make sure that we weren't jeopardizing other pieces of agriculture. That just had such a big impact on me. And every year I find another story of how some young person has found a new way to help feed our world, help clothe our world, but really sustain agriculture and continue that connectivity that Melanie's talking about. Cannot put a price on that. Melanie, what is it for you? Yeah, when I think about those wow moments, it usually comes from mining out the stories. And I feel there's a responsibility for egg communicators to really dig in and understand what's happening on and off the farm. As I mentioned before, mainstream media can be disconnected and to really understand what's occurring on the farm and farmers being great stewards of the land and of the community. These are farming families. I think for that wow factor, you also have to unpack the why and the how. And I think that's what really uh, inspired me to join in the Robo Agrofinance team was, for example, everybody was just talking about egg prices, right? Including Taylor Swift, but not many were talking about why the prices were so high. And so when I think about egg communications and those wow experiences, it's really showcasing what's underneath the hood and why is this happening to the farmer and how is this also happening to the consumer? And then I, I think of my most recent wow experience was just last week at Commodity Classic. 
I was introduced to a national FFA officer and we had an interview lined up with Chip Fleury on the trade show floor for AgriTalk. And she grew up on a cattle farm and she decided to lean in and absorb his program to learn everything about oil, seed, and grain. So she could be a great national officer. So we introduced her to Chip and that moment meant so much to her, to Chip, but also to myself, because you, you get to see the fruits of what egg communications can do and really be a member of that community. Really drove some positive impacts there for sure. Well, each of you has a wide diversity of responsibilities in your positions and like to just have you paint a little picture for our listeners of, of what this looks like in your organizations. Christy? Yeah, so with FFA, we're a not-for-profit, and we also want to make sure that we're telling that story of agriculture to a broad audience. Um, like Melanie spoke about, you know, we don't want to just preach to those who are familiar with agriculture, but also to a broader audience. We want FFA to be a welcoming place for everyone, so people who may not have grown up on a farm but might have an interest in one of those careers can be a part of FFA. So I help tell that story. I help find those stories that are out there about our members and push those out. But in addition to that, I work with our uh, project managers inside the building for our conferences. I help them do their collateral material. So whether it's brochures or learn books or pieces that they're going to do at their conferences, I help them with designers and editing and also making sure that we translate it right for our members who are Hispanic. So a little bit of everything, some videos, some radios, some writing. Um, I just went to a networking event last night and I made the comment, I have never had a boring moment in my job. I've never been bored. I've never thought, oh, you know, I feel like I need to grow a little more because I feel like every day is a new adventure and every day I learn something new. Well, you wear your hat extremely well being an ag jack of all trades. Melanie? Yeah, I'll piggyback onto what Christy was saying. It's that ability to be nimble and jump into multiple spaces. And it's not just pitching in, it's being an expert, and I think that can be challenging in communications because it's always evolving. We're always having a new platform to learn and understanding the metrics and the ROI, but having um, roles in agencies and nonprofits and also at a egg startup, now residing on the corporate side, something that I have found really important is find what you're passionate about and lean in, but also know the areas that maybe you're weaker at. So I knew for myself, I was passionate about the St. Louis region and economic development, and I clearly needed to lean into agriculture. So I found people who were way smarter than me, and I joined the St. Louis Agribusiness Club and used them as a resource. So I feel like a skill set is being sharp about yourself, but knowing where there's some gaps to fill and who can help you fill those gaps, who can be your resources. And to the point of being able to be a jack of all trade in communications, this is a this is a hard one and I had to learn it too. Um, being an active listener, you can only ask the right follow-up questions if you're listening. And I think that's important in agriculture because there's a lot of stories, a great amount of storytellers at the farm gate but um, you have to be present. You got to put your phones down and, and be a real person and authentic. So I recommend being an active listener. And if for the egg communicators out there in the world, um, 
one thing I didn't have the opportunity to do that I, I'm lucky others around me had and, and taught me up was working in a newsroom. Learn how the news is made because it's fast paced. You need to know how the news director is picking which stories so that you can tell them the story in, in the boundaries that they're looking for. So um, certainly spread your net wide and have smart people around you, be an active listener and know what's on the other side of the coin. So while I'm in PR, I need to know what newsmakers um, need from me as well. Great points there that you make. Well, there are so many needs right now in, in the field of ag communication jobs. Now, one of the recent statistics uh, that I came across indicated that up to about, I think, 2030, that there will be about a 6 or 7% increase in the percentage of new uh, ag communication jobs uh, available. And the other interesting thing right now is, I mean, we are in a whole new world the last 15 years in terms of ag careers in general, um, with over 200 different careers. Let's talk a little bit about the types of ag communication uh, jobs and opportunities uh, that are available. So Christy, speak about the types of ag communications opportunities in the nonprofit sector. Yeah, well, I think, you know, Pete, a lot of the opportunities, I think we don't even know are there yet. You look back at the last few years with social media and how that's advanced, right? From Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, to even TikTok. And one of the things we've noticed too is a lot of focus being put on influencers, on social media influencers. So there's also social media monitoring. All of that can fall under AdCom. Then you have crisis communications. With not-for-profits, you always need to be monitoring the media in case there's anything that ever pops up and how you're gonna address that and telling your story. Like Melanie said, that's one of the important things is really making sure to tell your story. And then again, I go back to how I began my career as a newspaper reporter. They focus specifically on agriculture or farm as a beat. So, you know, there's opportunities to do farm reporting or work for a National Association of Farm Broadcasters. So there's a lot of different roles in a not-for-profit that I think also will then transfer over into corporate. Melanie. Yeah, and I'll, I'll piggyback on my experience in non-for-profit. I got to do a little bit of everything because we were small and nimble. So I'm always incredibly grateful for my time working at a non-for-profit and no one's going to shy away if you raise your hand and say, I'm interested. I, I'd like to take that role on, right? More hands, the better. Um, from the corporate side, I've been with Rabo Agrofinance for the past six months and What's really surprised me about the opportunities in corporate ag is the breadth of it. Uh, Rabobank is based in the Netherlands. And within my first week, I was on a global communications call. And I was so inspired by the diversity and all the regions represented. But it also represented the impact of agriculture. Agriculture doesn't have uh, boundaries or borders. I mean, think of our cattle. They don't know when they're in Canada or Mexico, but they know know where they need to graze, right? So at corporate communications, it, it moves fast and we can bring a lot of value to different areas within the organization. Um, it's not just comms, right? Uh, there's marketing, the research, the internal comms, employee engagement is a really big area that's growing in communications. And right now, our, our team uh, is in Australia for a, a client knowledge tour. So thinking about also the variety of clients and who we're serving and discussing the global supply chain and emerging egg technology trends, uh, 
I think this world of semi-hybrid is open up the doors to be more nimble and to really stretch our arms beyond uh, the U.S. as well. And corporate ag provides a lot of connection to the producers, ranchers, and being a part of community that makes difference. I mean, when you think about what's on your plate and when you go to the grocery store, that, that came from a U.S. farmer who's feeding 166 people annually, but also abroad. So I say communication experts in egg, they, they got to think beyond uh, the U.S. as well. It's global for sure. And the opportunities are certainly across the board. Now, a whole other area that uh, I will address in another show really relates to having men, having folks that want to get in on the at the university level and become ag communicators and, and provide that skill training uh, for students to then go into these various sectors to become effective in those careers. But that is a show of itself. And unfortunately today, we don't have time to address that, but I will get to that uh, at a later point for sure. Right now it is time to salute all of our outstanding show sponsors that make our program possible. That does include the Central Ohio Farm Bureau of Union, Madison, Delaware, and Franklin Counties, the Marysville, Ohio branch of the Middlefield Banking Company, Utsi's Farm Market of Plain City, the Ohio Ecological Food and Farm Association, the Union County Agricultural Society, and our newest sponsor, Health Insurance Markets, Michelle Mercer Office in Dublin, Ohio. You'll find great products and services at all of our show partners. Well, in-depth preparation and training is obviously very, very critical uh, to being highly successful in this field. And each of you uh, went through very extensive training, I'm sure, at college days. So we want to look at this a little bit. Uh, and we're going to turn the clock back a little bit uh, and uh, talk about uh, some of the core curriculum courses and training that you had uh, during college days. So I'm going to start with uh, you on that, Christy. Yeah, so I actually went to school for journalism and political science, so I double majored. And the reason I did that at the time when I went to journalism, I was focused on what they call news editorial. So it was focused on newspaper, newspaper reporting. But one of the things my alma mater did is if you were going to major in journalism, they encouraged you to take another major that really focused on a specific area. So mine was political science. So then you could kind of almost become a pseudo expert, knowing that you would never be an expert, but then you could just delve a little bit into it. But those reporting skills taught me well. It taught me to always ask the question. My favorite quote came from my basic reporting professor who said, if your mother tells you she loves you, check it out. And I, to this day, that's what I always think when somebody gives me information, I continue to ask questions. And that served me well, not only for telling our stories, but for also learning more knowledge on my part, right? So when I go out and meet people in the field who are producers or who are in biotechnology or wildlife management, I ask those questions just so I can relate a little bit more. So those skills, photography, a little bit of videography. Um, unfortunately, social media was not around when I was in college. I feel like that's a skill set I'm still learning. And I think the one thing I learned by going to a liberal arts school is that always be open to continue to learn. And that's what I would encourage everybody as they go into this field, be open to learning, always keep asking questions and keep expanding your horizons because it's going to serve you well, especially as you continue to tell those stories. And it's such a rapidly evolving field when we talk about uh, communication in general, ag communication is certainly evolving, evolving, where it's going to stop, who knows and what direction it's going to take. Melanie. Yeah. Um, 
when I think about my early days in undergrad, I was so focused on being a strong writer in my journalism classes. And the same to, to Christy, they emphasize you, you need to expand uh, your horizon. So I leaned into the design program and everyone that I work with knows I am not a designer, but having those courses, A, I know something can't be whipped up in 10 minutes, right? There, there's no whipping up of a flyer, but I can, I can talk to agencies and understand the design process because I enrolled in those classes. And then I went on after a couple of years um, in my career, I, I went back to school and got my master's and leaned into the crisis comms. This is an area that's essential. Um, you're a very fortunate uh, communicator if you've never had to be involved in a crisis comm situation, whether it's online or internal. And your team's going to look to you to help guide them and navigate those unchartered waters. And I think it's really important that uh, at some point you touch a, a book or an expert and understand what that looks like, even when you come out of it. And currently today, I'm working on a, a business certificate. And so to Christy's point, I'm, I'm still an ongoing learner, and I think it's important to, to keep my toolbox sharpened and uh, learn from others. And I, I think for communications, it, it's essential because it's not like accounting. The numbers are always going to add up the same way. <laughs> I see Christy laughing. Um, it, it's always going to be evolving, and that's the challenge, but also what keeps uh, this area really interesting as well. You really have to stay fresh and up to what is going on. And as you as you alluded to, you keep that saw sharp all the time by doing that lifelong learning. Now, when you reflect back also on your college days, reflect back a little bit on what was really the most pertinent impact of your college training? Was it, was it then taking up some practicums that really struck you or what was it, Christy? For me, it was the opportunity to do internships. Um, I was really fortunate. I went to a smaller school and they had a very good networking um, opportunity available to me. And so I did multiple internships and that allowed me to explore different pathways I might want to go down. It also allowed me to make those connections. And that was probably the most influential, right? So I would know what to expect when I went into that workforce. And some of those relationships have stayed till this day. And then the other piece I think is networking, just making sure you make those connections and that you also give back. Um, last night, I actually just went to a networking event at our alma mater to talk to some of the undergrads about what they should look for and how they should start really looking at those opportunities because you never know what connection you're gonna make that you might not have a relationship with them in the next two or three months, but you never know down the road what that might turn out to be. So just networking and anytime there's an opportunity for an internship, especially when you're an undergrad, try and do that. Underscore both those points, certainly. Melanie. Yeah, there's things you can do right now in the classroom from the practicum or projects because um, I used my project on ARF, which was an animal rescue foundation led by uh, Tony Larusa, the former coach of the St. Louis Cardinals, obviously one of the best teams, if you ask any St. <laughs> Louisan. <laughs> and I took that project and I presented it to Nestle Perino when I was interviewing with them for an internship. And I feel really confident saying that that project 
really highlighted my ability to work and think and build upon uh, the animal sector. And I got that internship and they asked me to come back another year and I, I got a job offer at a marketing agency. But five years later, I worked at the Donald Danforth Plant Science Center and the Danforth family were the original um, starters of Purina. So I kind of made a full circle and I always said I was going to return to Purina and work with the dogs. And I ended up working with the plants, but uh, same mission-driven kind of family that I got to work for. So I'm incredibly grateful to that practicum that I took my junior year in college. Excellent. Now, think about your pre-college days when you were in high school. Uh, what were some of the thoughts going through your mind then in terms of uh, were you thinking at that time you really wanted to get into uh, an ag-type field or that it sounded like, Christy, for you, that kind of came a little bit later. Uh, what sort of things were you were you doing or thinking about? You know, it's kind of ironic, Pete, because when I was in high school, at least the first part of high school, I really wanted to be a veterinarian. I, that's I loved animals, and that's where I thought my heart would be. Um, my family moved. Um, we lived in Mississippi at the time, and we moved to Indiana. And when the guidance counselor was doing my schedule, he suggested I take the newspaper class. And I was like, well, we'll see. I did it and I just fell in love with journalism and being a newspaper reporter. I think because I like to ask those questions and I like to explore and delve in deeper. And it was an opportunity for me to have a little bit of everything in that class. Um, I reported, but I also did a little bit of design work, which as Melanie said, does help now because with having some design background, I understand when our designers can't whip something up in 10 minutes. It's a skill that we really have to share with others in the building, but I do understand that. Um, so yeah, I think I was just blessed that I found my love of journalism early because I, I will tell people that your path, your career path will take many turns in your professional career and you never know which way it's going to go. Absolutely. Melanie. Yeah. In high school, um, I took a course in broadcasting and we had our morning show and I really thought I was going to lean in and become an anchor. I mean, that opened my eyes and I enjoyed covering the basketball game. Did I care about basketball? Not necessarily, but I love telling the story of the star shooter, right? So the morning program. And then when I got to college and realized this thing called public relations, I was like, wow, I don't have to be behind the camera, but I can help guide the story that really invigorated me. Um, and so those early days of getting up early in the morning and putting that show together and it being a team effort, um, I think was really important in guiding me in my career. Excellent. Now, as we look into the great uh, crystal ball that I have lying on my desk, although you can't quite see it right now, uh, we kind of look ahead and, and look into it and see, boy, what is trending forward for the next three to five years uh, in the, this field? And really, what implications does this have for everybody that's working there? Christy? Wow, Pete, that's very broad. And I feel like that opens us up to a lot. Um, I would say that this field's going to continue to change, right? As we talked about, there's a lot of careers and opportunities in agriculture. And AgCom will also have many branches of what they'll be able to do. Currently, social media is a, a big piece um, with influencers on social media. That's a big piece. But I think more than anything, we need to just remember to tell the story of agriculture, remind people how important agriculture is, how important our producers are, our consumers are, and just really, really let people know that 
agriculture is all around us every day, right? From the food we eat, the clothes we wear, to the fuel in our cars, and just really help them understand that it's important for us to keep that agriculture at the forefront and remember our sustainability. Melanie. Yeah, I mentioned earlier that global aspect, and I think social media can certainly help cut through the noise, but also be part of the noise. So being good at media literacy and telling as many sides to the story and really bringing the value back to the farm um, is incredibly important when we think of where do we go from here and talking about sustainability that is digestible um, and meaningful. Like let's, let's really narrow down what does it mean? And what it means is greener, better soil, which all, all, ranchers, producers, they want to leave their land to their next generation, right? And I think that story's been missed in the past by the media. So there is a responsibility by ag communicators to tell real stories with facts behind it and, and cut through that noise, whether it's on social media or print. Set the record straight and tell that story. And we can't tell it enough uh, as much as we're able to do that. Well, I know that we could probably easily take four to eight hours, probably the rest of the day and continue our conversation on. I'm not sure that we would still cut through every important facet of the world of ag careers and ag, communi and ag communications. But you know what? I think you both have done a great job in really whetting the appetite and helping to pique the out of the interest uh, in this field. So can't thank you both enough for your invaluable practical contributions coming on the show today. And as we kind of wind down here, uh, first thing I'd like you to do is again, elaborate a little bit more on that special message. I think you both kind of hit that a little bit on your last comments, anything more on your special special message. And secondly, uh, I know that you both, your organizations are all over um, social media. So put out uh, those sites so people can really hone in more. So I'm gonna start again with Christy. Yeah, so I just want to urge people to make sure to continue the story of ag, but be an advocate, but not an adversary. So don't take a position of being defensive. Be able to just share that story and share that positive story because we have great stories out there. Um, in terms of social media, hashtag FFA.org FFA is our website. Excellent. Melanie. Yeah, I, I'll go back to... Discover what you're really passionate about and your story will fly from there. Um, and agriculture, there's a lot of different stories and different avenues you can take. So don't pigeonhole yourself and, and say yes as much as possible that you can. And then uh, for Rabo Agrofinance, you can find us um, online at raboagrofinance.com and find us also on all, all the social sites as well. Well, thank you both again so much for your time and your professional talent. And for all of those positive actions that you do every day, 365 days of the year in ag communications, I wish you both much continued success. Hey, and I look forward to future conversations with you in the future. So again, thank you so much to both of you. And as we wind down, final acknowledgement of all of our show sponsors. That does include the Central Ohio Farm Bureau of Union, Madison, Delaware, and Franklin Counties, a grassroots membership organization dedicated to strengthening and sustaining agriculture through policy advocacy, professional development, resource provisions, and outstanding member benefits. 
You can find them on Facebook at Central Ohio Farm Bureau. And for more information, contact Melinda Lee, the organization director, M. Lee at OFBF.org. That's M. Lee at OFBF.org. The Union County, Ohio Agriculture Society, dedicating to enhancing quality ag events and practices to make positive community impacts. For additional information, contact Mike Schnell, UCFMGR at gmail.com, UCFMGR at gmail.com. Utsi's Farm Market of Plain City, Ohio. Hey, it is your one-stop shop for all your favorite Amish cheeses. They have over 30, 30 types. And I can personally attest to the quality of each one of those. I assure you, they have deli meats, they have baked goods, and fresh local produce. Be sure to order online and you can find them on Facebook. They're located on Converse Huff Road off of Route 42 in Plain City, Ohio. They're open Monday to Saturday, 9 to 5. Utsi's Farm Market, it's worth the drive. The Ohio Ecological Food and Farm Association, cultivating a future in which sustainable and organic farmers thrive. Local food nourishes our communities and ag practices protect and enhance our communities. Hey, now is the perfect time to become a member, offering mega benefits, including organic certification, educational events led by experts, one-on-one -on -one technical support to sustain and grow your business. Check them out today at oeffa.org. That's oeffa.org. Health Insurance Markets, Michelle Mercer Office of Dublin, Ohio, offering a wide diversity of top insurance products fit the needs and budgets of all consumers. You can contact Michelle today for a free consultation. M. Mercer at healthmarkets.com. M. Mercer at healthmarkets.com. Or you can reach her at 614-606-4222. The Marysville, Ohio branch of the Middlefield Banking Company offering top-of-the-line financial products for ag, commercial, and residential customers at great rates. They're open Monday to Friday, 9 to 5, and Saturdays, 9 to noon. They're located on Coleman's Crossing in Marysville, Ohio, and they are ready to serve you. Your patronage and support of all of our show sponsors makes a huge difference. Well, join us again as we continue our ag adventures and explore the Bliss Dairy Farm operation on March the 28th. You can follow us on Facebook at That's Agritastic and our brand new website, That's Agritastic Show, uniweb.com for show details important ag announcements, interesting ag stories, and so much more. Until the next time, this is Pete Emmons saying, make it an aggregate day.